Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Um, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to uh, serve our Lord. We have some special guests on the podcast again. Um, but before um, I let them say what's up to you guys again, um, remember you can find the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, uh, anywhere you can get your podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe on YouTube um, or you can see the video portion. Uh, the podcast as well. You, know, you can also find it uh, on Instagram. Uh, just look up uh, my name, Jordan Pugh, or Jordan Anthony Pugh on Instagram. Uh, and then look up my name, Jordan Pugh, on Facebook. You'll find all the links um, and everything there. And also you'll find the links to the guest uh, pages as well. Uh, so again, like I mentioned before, uh, we have some guests, uh, some familiar faces back. And so I'm going to let uh, Ben introduce himself again, and then we'll go with Caleb. What's up, everybody? Ben McDonald here again. Uh, really excited for this opportunity uh, to be back on the podcast with these guys again. Uh, hopefully enjo- you enjoyed the last one, and uh, we can talk about some interesting things that are going on right now on this podcast. So thanks for tuning in. I guess I'm supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Caleb Rutherford again. Just glad to be back on the podcast. I always enjoy Jumping on with Jordan and talking about these kinds of things, but especially uh, appreciate Ben being on with us again. Uh, we were clowning before beforehand, trying to stay <laughs> we're trying to stay serious. <laughs> but no, I, it's a treat always to to be able to talk to these guys and uh, strengthen our, our fellowship and our faith with one another. So, yeah, I always always love talking to these guys. It's kind of like uh, this is the OG squad. You know, we've been everywhere together. You know, youth rallies, all this stuff. We Ben and I just got back from Dexter. And, uh, you know, they were playing basketball in the gym like normal. And he was like, bro, we need the OG squad back. <laughs> so it's, it's always good to, to hang out with these guys, but also it's always good to talk scripture um, uh, with them as well. Uh, today, what we want to talk about, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've got a lot going on around us. Um, talked about the, the coronavirus. Uh, I kind of purposely <clears throat> uh, waited uh, to do something. It's been, it's been a couple weeks since, you know, everything's kind of happened. So um, I kind of wanted to wait um, and kind of let this marinate and, and study on it before, you know, you, you jump on something. A lot of times when there's an event or when there's, when there's something, you know, everybody just wants to put their opinion out there, you know, right when it happens, but you kind of just need to let things simmer for a little bit and kind of get all the facts uh, kind of before you can kind of present something. Um, and so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the, the virus, but we kind of want to put a, a twist on it. We want to uh, actually talk about the opportunity uh, that the virus brought, um, the opportunity the virus brought, and what should we be doing? You know, uh, you know today, and, and you guys can attest to this, and I'll let you um, you guys chime in here, but, you know, from, uh, you know, our area, a lot of people are panicking. You know, uh, you know a lot of people, um, they're panicking about the loss of money. You know, they're panicking about their business. They're panicking about you know, their sports team, if they're in high school, if they're in college, uh, professionally, um, you know, everybody's, you know, just kind of losing their mind. So from my perspective, I've seen kind of panic uh, for most people. But what are you what are you guys seeing right now? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's just a lot of instability, a lot of unknowns. I mean, none of us have nobody's ever been through any of this. Um, so every day, the situation changes, and it evolves into something different. Um, and I think people just don't like it's, it's almost like we're in limbo. Like we don't really know yeah. what's going on. And I don't think people like that. Um, nobody likes the feeling of not knowing what the, what, what, you know, is going to happen in the next, in the next day. Not that we know what the day holds anyway. Um, but just in the sense that 
you know, a lot, a lot of just a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. And I think that's just a scary thought for a lot of people. Um, but obviously, a lot of a lot of things can be known to us as Christians. And I'm sure that'll get brought up as we continue on in this podcast. But yeah, Ben, what are you saying? Yeah, one thing I was kind of seeing and thinking about in this whole through this whole process has been you're kind of seeing both ends of the spectrum. You're seeing the complete panic, you know, as you were talking about and, you know, the deep concern, but then you're also seeing the, I guess, the carelessness of it all as well. Yeah. And we won't mention it, you know, any specifics as far as, you know, age groups, because I've seen it from age groups, all ages, you know, on both ends. Um, but that's where we, number one, we just need to find that, that balance. But I'm kind of seeing those, those extremes. Um, and I think a lot of that goes to what Caleb said. It's the, the idea of being in limbo. And, you know, we're creatures of habit. We like our routine. And when that gets broken by something that we can't control, especially controls the big thing, yeah. um, but something that we don't necessarily want, that's when people can start to panic, or at least that's where they had to learn to adapt. And some people can do that, you know, better than others. Yeah. I saw a guy, um, I was going to mention this. There's this guy, I don't know his name. I just happened to click on the video, you know, when you click on YouTube, you, know, you just see random stuff. Dark hole, you too. The dark hole, right? You get, <laughs> you get sucked in every time. But he's a super popular dude. Um, he has like 5.6, you know, million followers. And, you know, he's always like super excited in his videos, you know, showing off his house, showing off all this other stuff. Um, but he kind of had a, a video with his head down and with him crying. So I was like, is this clickbait? You know, so I just, you know, I just clicked on it, right? And so he was like, yeah, of course, right? So you click on it and he was like legit, like extremely scared. Because he, you know, that the house, the cars, all the stuff he has, he got it from his business. And so now within a matter of a week, like everything is shut down. And so he's like, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my employees. I don't know how I'm going to pay for my business. I don't know if I can support this house I'm staying in. I don't know if my business will stay afloat. He said he just had all this anxiety as he was driving in his car. And like you said, you know, people are in a, in a situation now where the stuff that they put their hope in, it's gone. And I think this is a, a situation in America. I don't think it's really ever happened in terms of this quickly to where money, business, sports, like everything shuts down all at once. And so, you know, I think in this podcast, we want to discuss, especially with the virus, um, what we should be doing. Um, but in order to know what we should be doing, you have to know what you shouldn't. You know, we talked, we're, you know, we talked about this before, you know, we pressed uh, record here, but um, you know, sometimes in life, opportunities come in different forms. And so some take advantage of it and some don't or some complain. And so, number one, I think the first thing we shouldn't be doing, um, and I'm going to call this virus an opportunity. You know, what we shouldn't be doing right now is arguing to prove certain points, you know, with our brethren right now, arguing to prove on Facebook that this is right and this is right and putting up all these discussion points, you know. And we're going to kind of go off on this tangent for a little bit, but uh, there's so many misapplications of Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. And we just, you know, we just talked about that. And I know a lot of people right now, and again, if you're new to the podcast, open up your Bibles with us. We want to look at, we want to look at the text. We want to look at uh, what it says. So um, you guys will see, it's just our opinion. Uh, we want you guys to open up the Bible with us here. And so Hebrews 10, 25, you know, very popular verse. But so many people take this out of context. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25, the scripture says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is exhorting one another 
and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so right now there's been orders pretty much almost in every state that, you know, we're quarantined, right? You know, no more than what, five, 10 people can meet in a place at one time. So people are misapplying Hebrews 10.25 and they're saying because we're not physically meeting in a building or we're not physically meeting somewhere that we are in violation of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. What have you guys seen uh, so far of this, of this verse so far? Go ahead, Caleb. I'll let you go first. <clears throat> well, I think, you know, and I mentioned this before we got on, but it's interesting when you, when I think about misapplied versus um, I think uh, Matthew 7 and, and verse 1, talking about judging other people. I think about Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I always think about Hebrews 10 and verse 25, because it's interesting. You got to think about who, um, you think about who, who's being talked to here. It's not, it's not talking about um, faithful individuals here. It's not people <laughs> who have, who are not faithful to the church, people who have left their first love to being Christ. And so when you use this verse, and, it, and I, I know I've, I've misapplied it before too. And it's interesting because this verse is always so misapplied. And when it gets to situations like this, it really comes out and shows how many people are misapplying it. Um, <clears throat> and you see it so much all over Facebook. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And I don't know if, uh, if you've heard in my last podcast, I try not to really get into it too much. Just because yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like you kind of just, you just dig a hole and you're just not going to get out of it because when you talk to people who post about something like that, it's just one of those things like, if you say something to them, it's like, it, it like gives them room to just dig in even more. It's a wormhole. Exactly. It doesn't do any good. Um, but you've got to, you've got to talk about context here. Context is key. Context is huge. We learn that also at preaching school and you learn it in your Bible classes at, at worship and things like that. Um, context is key. So you've got to see who he's talking to and what's going on. Um, and so I think that's, it's so important for us as students of the word to make sure that we apply verses correctly especially verses like Hebrews 10, 25. And then I think you can even go and talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, um, but you got to talk about the, the autonomy of a congregation. Yeah. Um, you know, God ha- has set the church in place and his plan for the church uh, is, is perfect. Um, and this is exactly why he did this. You can see why God placed elders over church, over congregations and why they're not over other congregations. And so I think that, and I said this on my last podcast, if you, are a part of a congregation and you guys are, are still meeting and still worshiping, you know, good for you. Continue doing it if you want to and leave it alone. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No, you don't have to, to get on Facebook and say, well, this is the best worship service I've ever had. Or, or, or you don't have to go. It, to me, it's just like, you're almost like trying to build you, build up your ego and say, I'm holier than you. I'm a better Christian than you because I've got more faith in God that he's going to protect me from whatever's going on and I'm going to be fine. And then they talk about, you know, persecution and all these other things. We all talk about your God rather than men. There's so much mm-hmm. more we can, we can yeah. talk about, but it's just, you just gotta be, you just have to be very careful about context and how you apply verses. Yeah. Ben. I kind of, I kind of went all over. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> you know, when I think about that verse, you know, you talk about context, you know, and Caleb kind of mentioned this too, but you think about who this was written to, you know, it was written to the Hebrew Christians who were wanting to go back to Judaism and to leave, like you said, leave their first love. And so that's what he's saying, you know, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know, the forsaking, that's neglecting, you know, intentionally, willfully missing, willfully not going. And then as is the manner of some, well, that psalm is talking about those ones that have already done that, right? The ones that have already left um, to Judaism. And so number one, I think people get, that's the one thing. I think that forsaking is, is a big word there about, you know, that's talking about willfully neglecting, but also the assembling of ourselves together. Um, people misapply that and we'll just leave it at 
as the assembly and yeah. leave it as talking about, you know, the church building, the, the corporate worship of the congregation, you know, if you will. But that's, again, that's not what it's talking about. You know, the assembling of ourselves together. But then I also want to look at, you know, even verse 24, but then at the end of verse 25, talking about what they're doing, right? Consider one another to stir up love and good works. Well, are we, are we doing that still? We are. Yeah. That's, and same thing, exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. We're still doing those things. And I think, as Caleb, you know, mentioned Acts 529, <laughs> Peter and the apostles, we ought to obey God rather than men. This isn't an Acts 529 issue. Right, right. Um, they're not asking us to disobey God. And so therefore, and I don't have the verse off the top of my head, but um, we need to, in that case, if we're not uh, asked to disobey God, we need to obey our government. We have to obey our governing body and our you know authorities yeah um and so i know one thing that we've talked about me and my dad talked about this before but what would somebody in the community think you know as your county or you know your city or state or whatever places a limit on you know at, at first i guess at this time last week last sunday i guess not this past one but the one before it was 50 people at least here uh in st charles county um, but what would someone do? And now it's 10, but what would someone think if they drove down the road past your building and saw a hundred cars in the parking lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that that would, and I hate to use that phrasing. I don't think, and we can, that's a whole nother conversation as to why, but I wouldn't think that that would, um, paint a really paint the church in a very good, uh, good light. So again, we just have to think about, obviously we hit on context. Um, but also the big picture of everything. And not yeah. just what we've always thought or preconceived notions or, or what have you. And I, guys, I want to look at this example um, that kind of, I think it helps explain uh, kind of the confusion that some of our brethren are having. Um, look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 7. Um, I hope you guys are turning uh, here along with us as you're listening or watching. First <clears throat> Corinthians um, chapter 7. Now, uh, you know, I would describe the virus right now as a, um, as a present distress, you know, would you agree? You know, yeah, it's a, it's a present distress, right? And so Paul here in first Corinthians chapter seven, there was obviously a, a distress problem here. There was probably persecution, right? But he's talking about marriage in first Corinthians chapter seven. And so if you look at, if you start in verse number seven, look at what the text says, for I would that all men were even as myself. So stop right there. Was Paul married? No, he wasn't married. He was single. So is marriage a great thing? Obviously, yes, because God instituted. Is um, meeting together in the assembly a good thing? Yes, it is. But Paul is saying here, he's not saying that um, I'm better than marriage because I'm single because of this present distress. Paul is saying, I want you to stay this way because it's safer this way. And so you look at, you keep going through the text. He says, uh, for I would that all men were even as, as myself, um, but every man hath his proper gift of God, and after this manner, and another after that. Um, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they abide even just like me. And so Paul's not condemning marriage. Paul is saying, look, because of what's happening right now, I personally just wouldn't get married. Now, is Paul giving a command you have to stay single? What did they have the choice to do? You know, they had the choice to get married, but Paul, because of the present distress is saying, just in my opinion, y'all need to stay just like me. Because remember they were going door to door 
asking families, you know, do you believe in Christ? Yes or no. And whether or not, then they take you out and then they kill the whole family. And so Paul is saying here, instead of you having to worry about that at this present time, stay like me. But then he said, if you, if you burn your lust, then what's he say? <laughs> then it's better to get married. And so the same thing applies here, you know, with, with, uh, with worship here, you know, he's not saying that, uh, well, if you worship, uh, virtually, um, that, you know, it's better than worshiping that, like, just like Caleb said, Caleb was like, well, if you guys are still meeting, that's great. But if you're meeting virtually, it doesn't mean you're worse than those that are actually meeting. He's saying, because of the present distress, do what you feel is best. And like you said, with the autonomous, um, eldership, they have those choices uh, to make. So instead of going on Facebook and saying, well, this congregation is wrong, people are name calling, bro. Like, well, this congregation is wrong for meeting online. Well, this <clears throat> congregation is wrong for actually meeting. Well, this congregation. And so when you put stuff on Facebook, most people have more than one friend on there. So when you put stuff on, guess you can see that all your friends, Christian or not. So what the thing is, what kind of, um, what kind of image, like your dad said, Ben, what, what type of image are you placing on the church right now? Well, they're just arguing among themselves. They don't even know what they're. So then when all this distress is over, well, why would I want to be a part of that? You see, it's the same. It's all about perception. And we got That's why we have to be wise with these decisions. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between <clears throat> putting out a question and genuinely trying to figure out what you need to do. Um, they call it a then, discussion. Exactly. Put out a discussion and, and, then, and then putting out like what you said, I'm just going to put this out there just to make myself look better. I, I read a post today of a, of a brother who was, he was genuinely asking and he, he apologized a couple of times within like the comments saying, I didn't mean to start any trouble, but it wasn't bad. It was just people were discussing it and saying, here's what I, here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you put it out there for the purpose of I'm better than you because I'm doing this, then that's when you start to have issues. And I think about, you know, what an opportunity the church has you know, right now, this time, what an opportunity is, is at our feet to show the world how unified we are and to show the world our trust in God and our faith in God and, and what a light we can be for Christ. And yet how many, how, how there are some who are just quite frankly, squandering the opportunity mm-hmm. and just, and, and quite honestly, painting this, this terrible picture of the church of Christ. I mean, think about, <clears throat> I think about that, that congregation in Murray, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're a bad congregation. I'm just saying that they they went against what the government had said not not you know to do. They met anyway. A visitor came and and hit, and spread some of the virus. And then they are all over the news about how this Church of Christ didn't do what they were supposed to do. And now everybody knows well that Church of Christ is just that's what they're going to be known for is for this spreading the the coronavirus around. You know, and so it's just. You've got to think like you like I think you gotta think. Said, you've got to think about the bigger picture here. Yeah. But it's so much more to do than just you and your vision of what you see right now. So Ben, you have something? Yeah, I think you know you brought up a good point. And I didn't even think about that before, but with First Corinthians seven is that being the example. But you know, what the situation we're in right now is obviously not ideal. But we're also not in ideal times and ideal conditions. Right. Just like you just like you mentioned. So this you have to again thinking of the big picture. And kind of getting back to our roots here in Hebrews ten twenty five, you know, if someone if if everything was fine and there was no um, stay at home, you know, initiative or whatever or no quarantine going on, and someone uses that to say hey, and then just worship online by themselves, 
that's a little different. And to me, you know, that, that becomes, that becomes a hard issue. Yeah. And of course that's not something that we can judge. That's something only um, that's between them and the Lord. Um, but, you know, when you think about that, and that's another thing I hate to, to say is, you know, talking about knowing someone's heart, because obviously we can't do that. But I just want you to think, encourage you to think about your elders or, or the many of your congregations, if, if you don't have elders that are making these decisions and the difficulty they're having with these decisions really kind of shows you where their heart is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so their heart's in the right place. So I encourage you all to, to pray for them and to, and to think about them. But we all just need to realize that this, you know, this is not ideal. Uh, this is not, this is not a part of the plan, you know, if, if you will. Yeah. So we have to, um, we have to adapt um, just like Jordan said. And, and as Caleb mentioned, you know, talking about the opportunities we have, you know, I think of Psalm 133 and verse one, you know, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. unity. So if we're all in, in unified, and I know we're going to get into this more, but if we're all unified, think about the good uh, that can be done even in tough times like this. Yeah, and I want to look at this verse, and uh, I want to look at another example too. Since since we brought that up, look at um, uh, where is it at offhand? Um, where's the one Caleb uh, or Ben where it talks about uh, where Paul tells Timothy about uh, goodly apparel, about women not wearing? Second um, uh, Timothy, yes, Second Timothy two, right? I want to make sure that's the right one. See, this is why you have you have preacher friends so you can ask ask questions. Second Timothy uh, two. First, first Timothy two. I was like, I think it's oh, first, first, right? First Timothy two. There it is. See, look it up for yourself, right? Just like right. the Bergens. <laughs> uh, first Timothy chapter two. <clears throat> oh yeah, there we go. I can't read it because I have pen all over it. That's why. <laughs> so First Timothy two, uh, verse two. Notice what uh, Paul is telling Timothy here. Um, uh, verse number eight. It says, "I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting." In like manner also that women adorn themselves with modest apparel, shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. This goes into what exactly what we're talking about. It's all about perception. The thing about being a Christian is um, what you do, people perceive that's what the church is. And so what Paul is saying here is he telling women that, Gold, pearls, costly array, and all that stuff are essentially bad things. He's not saying they're bad things, but what's he saying? Guess what the harlots at that time were wearing specifically? They were wearing gold, pearls, braided hair. So Paul was saying when you come into the assembly and the men know what the harlots look like, he says if you come into the assembly and you're dressed just like them, what perception would that be to the people when you walk into the assembly? that you're just like them. And so what, what he's saying is look, it's all about perception. And so just like you mentioned with the, with the congregation in Kentucky, yeah, they, they did what they did, but now how is the church perceived among the community? You see, and we have to be very careful with the decisions that we make um, because what we do as an individual, what we do as a congregation, remember everything is supposed to be for the glory of God, right? And so if everything's for the glory of God, then if I'm if I shouldn't wear braided hair so that God can be glorified, I won't do it. If I have to cut my hair, I'll do it. If I have to do this, I'll do it. You see, that's what isn't Christianity about sacrifices. You know, it's not about ourselves anymore. And so, looking at all these all these posts on Facebook and all this stuff is showing that people haven't haven't died to themselves enough yet, and they're still focused on, on them. 
right? And so, um, you know, I think instead of panicking, um, instead of arguing on Facebook and calling it a discussion post, um, you know, you know, you guys, you know, people on Facebook, you know, y'all brethren can argue all you want, but I got work to do. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do some work. Look at, look at Galatians chapter six. Too many people on Facebook, man. Too many, right? Look at, look at Galatians chapter six. Uh, Galatians, uh, Galatians six ten. Remember we talked about uh, how the, the, this virus can be an opportunity. Notice what uh, Paul writes here in, in verse number 10. As we therefore have opportunity, isn't this an opportunity when everybody's home? I saw, I think Brother Melvin Ote said, this is the only time in history where there's been so many sermons preached online mm. from the brotherhood. Yeah. Isn't this an opportunity? So instead of fighting online, let's use this opportunity um, to do good unto all men, but especially to those of the household of faith. This is an opportunity, what, what this virus has brought to us. So why are we arguing with one another over if meeting physically or meeting virtually is right or wrong? It's idiotic. It's stupid. And if somebody has a problem with that, you can find me, <laughs> right? DM me. I got no problem. DM me. We'll, we'll talk respectfully. Mm-hmm. But y'all need to stop doing all this all this junk. And we got work to do. This is the only opportunity. There's so many people abandoning the gospel right now. So many people listening uh, to my podcast, your podcast. We can have so many visitors. There's so many things that we can be doing right now. But instead of acting like adults, we're acting like kids. And so I, I see why Paul always had to say, look, y'all ain't even ready for me. Y'all are still kids. And so we need to take advantage um, of this opportunity. You guys have something before we uh, go to our next point here? Yes. Sorry, Caleb. No. A couple of things to, to bounce off of that. Um, you know, this this idea about, you know, opportunity, and you mentioned it with Facebook. You know, I can't remember, and I don't think ever, I've ever seen Facebook flooded with so many gospel sermons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so that's it, a great thing to talk about. And we talked about this kind of before. And, and while this is not persecution, it's similar in, in, in some ways. But, you know, as you guys mentioned, and we've all talked about before, but, you know, we look at throughout history, whenever persecution would arise, the church generally grew, mm-hmm. right? For, for a couple of different reasons we talked about, you know, being spread out and then them preaching everywhere they went, uh, but also growing spiritually because it, it caused you to be grounded more in your faith. So that was the first thing I thought of when you that. But also this idea of opportunity. Um, I did have a verse I wanted to bring out, and I think it's a good point to, to bring it out in. Let's Second uh, Corinthians chapter um, eight, I think it is. Yeah, Second Corinthians chapter eight, and this kind of you mentioned it before about people you're talking about being worried, and and they have reason to be worried to some extent about you know with their jobs. You know, I'm blessed enough to have a job where I can work from home right now, so I have a paycheck still coming in. But there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. So I think this is when we see opportunity. And what's that old saying? What is it? Opportunity plus ability. What is it? equals responsibility. responsibility. Right. So I, I was when I was looking at some verses for this, this one popped out. So I want to read Second Corinthians chapter eight, uh, verses thirteen and fourteen. It says, For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. Mm-hmm. I think this goes right in line with this idea of unity, but it's also us. um, And we might get into this a little bit more about with things that we're seeing, but you know, I'm seeing a lot of, there is some negatives going around, but I'm seeing a lot of positive. Yeah. I think that's one, that's some verses that we can keep uh, to mind thinking that, you know, me as a, as a person that has a paycheck coming in, 
Um, I have to be mindful of many of those who don't um, and share that love of Christ as we're called to do all the time, uh, but especially in times like this um, when others are lacking and I may still be in my abundance because I would want them to do that uh, for me as well, right? The, the golden rule, you know, Matthew 7, 12, Luke 6, 31, um, doing to others, you'd have them do unto you. I would hope someone would have my back like that um, if I was ever struggling. So I need to have that um, their back for, for them as well. Yeah, I think when you, you mentioned you mentioned the idea of worry, you know, I, I talked to our, our youth group last week about this. You know, trusting in God doesn't mean that you're not allowed to worry about things. Um, it just means you can't allow yourself to be consumed and overtaken by that worry. And so, you know, it's okay to be worried about things like the coronavirus or, or other things that are happening in, in our world, but it just doesn't, you just, you just can't allow yourself to just be consumed by it and, and come to the fact, come to, come to the, the thought that there's no hope or that God's not in control anymore. You've always got to put your faith and your trust um, in God. And, and I think, you know, you talk about opportunity, what, what a, what a time we have to be able to show our light to the world around us, to reach out, say, what can I do for you? Yeah. How can I help you? You know, how can I go to the store and get you some, can I do things, you know, can I do things for you? And so what an opportunity we have. And so, you know, let's make sure that we're, we're taking advantage of those opportunities that are presented to us. Well, I think it's important to remember that at this time, you know, people are looking mm-hmm. um, in, in times like this, people look. Yeah. So that's why it's our responsibility. You know, that's, that's why it's good to see all these things flood in Facebook. But we also have to do our part to make sure that what's being flooded with on Facebook is, is sound, yeah. you know, sound teaching. So we, if um, we, have, we as um, members of the Lord's church have to be, um, equal and even greater than anything else that's being posted online so that the true light of Christ can shine. But there is uh, my grandpa, we were talking to him yesterday and he actually had a conversation, obviously, you know, socially distant, six feet apart uh, with one of his neighbors. And, you know, she had offered him, he's, you know, an elderly man, obviously offered him, you know, if she needed, if he needed anything that she could get it for him. But he said, well, you know, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus if you're interested sometime. And she said, well, yeah, I think I'd like that. And then she asked, you know, we've been at Forest Hill, we've been doing our, um, at least these last two Sundays, our worship service through WebEx, which is an app similar to Zoom that we're using. Um, but she actually asked him for, the, for that link. Now, whether she'll use it, um, I don't know. I'd like to, to think that she would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a great example of think, remembering that people are looking. And in times like this, when people feel, um, you know, distressed, you know, people look. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think, people in third world countries have an advantage over us here in the United States is that um, we don't, to our knowledge anyway, physically, we don't need anything. Um, There's nothing more for us. Whereas in like a third world country, uh, they can't rely on anything like that other than uh, belief in God, which is why generally those are usually more receptive. But I think it's important to remember that people are looking. So we have that uh, responsibility to, to deliver uh, the word to them. And I love that, that concept that people are looking because right now, I think we're going to have two really amazing opportunities. The one we have right now where it's kind of the initial shock of everything that I put my hope in is at risk. So my money, my business, everything that provided, it's, it's in risk right now. So I, I can't do anything. Then number two, I think the second opportunity is after all this is over, Lord willing. Um, I think people will start to say, man, okay, even if they get all this stuff back, they know now it could be taken away that quick. And so I think once this is over, when, when the church really starts to go back out and evangelize and gospel meetings and all this stuff, 
this is a great opportunity, like you said, for us, because people are out here, they're looking for something and they thought they can find it in their money, their business, just like that dude on YouTube I was talking about. But, you know, again, with the gospel, it talks about in Hebrews uh, that we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure. And we even sing a song, but you know, the thing that the gospel gives is it gives us that anchor that even when all this stuff around us is happening, that we can still be calm. And just like you mentioned, Caleb, like you can, you can understand what's going on, but you don't necessarily have to be controlled by it. Right. And so, you know, we looked at what we shouldn't be doing. Um, but here's some things that, um, I think we should, we should be doing. Let me, let me mention something before you yeah, move yeah. on. Um, yeah. you talked about how you talked about the, you know, after this is all of this is over in the church, a lot of, there'll be a lot of opportunities after this is over too, for the church. I think it's an interest, interesting thought when you think about the things that we've had to cancel and suspend, um, <laughs> in our days, obviously most places have, have suspended worship services Sunday and Wednesday, right now. You can ask yourself, at, you know, as men of a congregation, have you had to suspend anything else? Mm. Have you had to suspend your community outreach, your evangelistic opportunities, your youth events? And hopefully the answer is yes, you have. But if the answer is no, then I think what a time to self-analyze and say, is there more that we could be doing? Because we're not, if the only thing you're having to cancel or suspend is your worship services, then maybe you're not doing all that you could be doing mm. for the Lord. And I think so often... We think that we're, we, we think we're fine. We think we're good. We think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I think a lot of times we kind of hop into just, you know, cruise control and we think that we're good. But then when you do that, you begin to the point to where you're like the church at Laodicea or at Sardis. Um, talk about Revelation 2 and 3. You become lukewarm yeah. and you analyze yourself. You think you're great. But when you think about the Lord, obviously the Lord will analyze us um, and he'll, 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 he'll look at us and examine us in the last day just like you did lay out a seat and he'll say that you're actually wretched, you're poor and you're naked, all these things that, that are not good. And so I think what an opportunity we have right now to, to look at ourselves, look within, examine ourselves and say, are we doing all that we could be? And if we're not, then hopefully when all this, you know, lifts that we'll, we'll make, we'll take steps in that direction to say, here's some things that we need to be doing. Let's start doing these things. Yeah. Think about that first Sunday, we're allowed to assemble again. Yeah. How joyful that's going to be. And you hope yeah. it's going to be joyful. I think one thing for me, especially, and I'm sure it has for you guys and, and anybody else too, it's made us truly miss the assembly. Mm. And we haven't even been gone from it very long. Yeah. Um, so number one, it, I think that's one thing, you know, Caleb, I like what you said, reflect on yourself, but it um, makes us realize what we had, right? You know, never know what you had to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And we tend to take for granted that, yeah. that assembly, um, you know, Hebrews 10, 25, right? There's a reason <laughs> it's there. Right. Uh, so we can, you know, exhort one another and stir up love and good works. Um, so it made us miss that. And I think also, um, you know, Matt, me and him, Matt Haynes, me and him had talked about this before. He brought the point that um, makes us mindful, you know, the people that have to go through this all the time, like our mm -hmm. shut-ins, yeah. um, makes us think of them, makes us, you know, more so empathize with them rather than sympathize with them. So I think, yeah, there's just, and we could go on and on about the good that can come from it. I know we're going to go more into it, but I just, it, it brings me joy just to think about what it'll be like that yeah. first time we're able to be back together again. And that's a fire that can be lit under us. And right. let's, let's not let it go out. You know, don't, yeah. don't get back into your rut and into your groove of just, just cruising along, you know? And it can be a, a man. Just think about the future. It can be a total transformation of the church, man. Oh, yeah. Like oh, you yeah. think about, um, you know, obviously, you know, with the activities that we do within the congregation, you know, potlucks, you know, youth events, all that stuff. That's, that's wonderful um, things to fellowship. 
Um, but I think people can see now, especially if you have a preacher like uh, like my dad or your dad or yourself or myself that preach about evangelism and how we should go out and evangelize. You know, most times before this happened, this is the scenario. Ben, you know this too. You you uh, you plan a youth event. You can do whatever. Fifty people show up. Mm. You plan a door knocking on Saturday. It's you, your mom, and one other person. And so I think now people are going to start to see what's really important. Like you guys said, look, we need to really go out there because this not only affected non-Christians, this affected Christians, you know? And so I think, like you said, Caleb, this can really light a fire uh, underneath the church for the right reasons. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be an amazing thing to see. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, keeping on with that same point. So here's some things that, um, <clears throat> that we should be doing, obviously with, with the evangelism we just mentioned, but, um, I think like Galatians six ten mentioned, we should take advantage of the opportunity. And so here's a couple of things that, um, that I, I plan on doing, um, that maybe you all uh, can do at your respective congregations, but number one, write letters, uh, to your local hospitals, um, uh, with the church's information on it, you know, with, with a church card in or, or just to, just to tell them that you're a member uh, of the church. You know, I, I know you guys remember being so close to St. Louis at the time. I uh, remember when all those riots happened um in ferguson missouri uh dad was preaching literally like we were like five minutes away from all those riots like it was it was insane there was one there was one wednesday um in the batmobile in my old in the old corolla (laughs) yeah the bugatti (laughs) we're driving dude and we're going through and as we're, we're going through we're like two minutes from the building and then we go through that crowd and, you know, people bringing out, like, hockey sticks, throwing stuff. Dude, I'm surprised the car survived, right? <laughs> but the thing about um, – the thing that Dad taught me during that present distress is, number one, stay calm. You know, the way he was able to calm that congregation was incredible. Um, but we sent letters to our local police stations. We sent letters to our local hospitals. You know, when people were getting hurt and people remember, for a good reason, they remembered the church because the church was there for them when the community was in trouble. And so you think about what you, what we can do in our respective community, send out letters to uh, your local, because the nurses are doing some insane hours right now, people working in the medical field. Um, remember Galatians six ten, where we find opportunity, let's do good unto all men. And so I think, um, you know, writing letters and, and doing all this stuff is great. And also do the same thing to your members. Like Ben said, I didn't even think about this, man, how this gives a definite uh, change to how you view shut-ins. Mm. They have to find a way to, to see the service. When, uh, when we could go, we barely went. You know what I mean? So encouraging um, the members. But also, here's the thing I want to look at here, too. Look at Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, Dad's uh, talked about this uh, on Sunday, um, kind of some things that we should be doing um, while we're quarantined. Study more. Have time to study with your families. You know, Caleb, you know, and Ben, you know, you go to a lectureship, you go to camp, you go to all this stuff, you know, you dap up with somebody saying, hey, 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 how you doing? Uh, busy as usual. Uh, busy as usual. Uh, I'm busy. Uh, you're busy. Well, guess what? All of us have to stay home now. And so instead of us having that answer of, you know, yeah, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, you know, we're literally all doing the same thing. And so this is the time to study with yourself, study with your spouse, study with your girlfriend, study with your uh, with your wife, with your kids, because now this is an opportunity when you're not busy. You know, I'm reminded of what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter six, um, starting in verse uh, number seven, 
uh, talking about teaching the children. Um, but he says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And you will talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And so think about all the, the time that we have now. Dude, I spent all day at, at home. I went out like once to the store. Dude, all day at home. So are you saying now we can't spend an hour to spend some carving time with our families? You know, this is more time for us to study the word of God together. You guys have anything to, to add to this list? Well, first thing, everyone's talking about all this time I had. Everyone has. I don't really have any no different for me. And maybe tells me I need to do a little bit more in the free time I do have. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, you got all that time. You know, I actually thought about it. I think I got like an extra hour and a half because, you know, I put my eight hours of working at home. But that's like an hour and a half of driving um, that I don't have now. So there's an extra hour and a half uh, in my day that I need to use, you know, productively. And what more productive is there than, um, you know, studying the word of God? And I think it's a great passage you brought up there in Deuteronomy uh, 6, you know, and that I think it was verse number 6. But, you know, the words need to be written on your heart. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, you know, Psalm, was it, 119.11, you know, your word I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that, that's where, what better way to get the word ingrained in your heart um, than the time devoted to doing that. Yeah. And I think that's just, um, and that's another thing that I'm seeing a lot, you know, we open this up with, um, you know, what have we been seeing, but I've been, I've been seeing a lot of that as well. So it's, it's been a really good, uh, good thing to see too. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about the idea of studying the Bible and like you said, everybody, everybody says they're so busy and they're so committed to, to school and, and mm-hmm. to sports and academics and work. But then we have to really think about, you know, what's the most important commitment that we made in this life? Well, obviously to Christ yet so often, the most important commitment that we've made oftentimes falls to the bottom of the totem pole yeah. and it just gets overlooked. Um, but I think about, you know, verses like second Timothy two fifteen 15 uh, t- tells us to study. I think about second um, Timothy three sixteen and 17, talking about how the word of God is what can make us perfect and complete. And then I think back to, to Psalm chapter one and verse two, that we're supposed to meditate uh, within the law day and night. Um, and so it's something that's, that should be continually on our minds, like what Ben mentioned uh, from Psalm 119. It's something that we continually need to dwell on, um, even it, even when we go through our normal everyday lives. But even more so now, we have absolutely no excuse now yeah. um, to not study, to not pick up the Bible, and to spend just a few minutes at least just reading and studying. Um, and I think that people just... I, I think a lot of people just don't even know how to do it anymore because they haven't done it in so long. They haven't done you it. You know, they've been so busy with everything else um, and running their kids to do this and that and all these other things that they just don't remember how to study. And I think it's so apparent, so so important um, for parents to do this with their kids because Jordan and Ben, I'm sure you guys remember this too, growing up, I, um, at least for me, you know, Bible time was like a nightly thing that we did. And we would learn memory verses. We would sing. And a lot of those things I still have ingrained in my head and in my heart because we did it so often. And that's something that has been so beneficial for me from my childhood and growing up. And so it's it's so important, I think, for, for parents, especially now. I mean, your kids are at home already. You're not going anywhere. Take advantage of the opportunity. Study with them. Show them what's most important in this life because when they grow up, they're going to remember either A, you saying our worship's not that important. We'll go play baseball on Sunday morning instead. Or they'll remember you saying we took time out of our day to study the Bible and to go to worship and to go to Bible class and do things like that. It'll, it'll make a lasting impression on them. So, you know, it's a big decision for parents 
uh, parents to make, and you know they're presented with a challenge, obviously every day to do that. Um, but what what a time you have now to do it. Yeah, and being and t- being quarantined for about a, a couple weeks, you can only watch TV and do all that stuff for so long. <laughs> my YouTube just, videos are recirculating. I've already seen half of them on my bad. on my like it's, my page. There's nothing to do. It, it's it's bad. So look, <laughs> we have all the time right. to open up God's word and actually study and actually do something productive, mm-hmm. right? And Here's the, the other thing I had about what we should be doing is um, evangelizing. Well, how can we evangelize like when we can't go out? You know, you think about this, um, you know, I saw Lima, uh, a guy that we went to school with, Caleb, he's holding online Bible studies. You know, he's offering mm-hmm. on his Facebook page um, through the citizens of, of, uh, of Hawaii. Look, if you guys want to study, I'm right here. You know, if you guys want to do this, I'm right here. Um, or Samoa. Right, uh, Samoa. Um, if you want to study, you know, you know, we can study. We can do all this stuff. Um, he also mentioned, you know, podcasts. You know, you can share this, share Caleb's podcast, um, share all these other podcasts, share uh, live services. Um, you know, with PTP, you know, they offered uh, PTP three sixty five um, to where they're able to. I think it's every lesson like ever done um, at PTP. You're able to share it, however long, however however long it's been. You know, you can share those. There's so many things that we can do to evangelize right now. Um, there's so many opportunities that we have, and I think that we should, you know, instead of sharing all these discussion posts, you know, we, we need to actually share, <laughs> actually share, uh, share the gospel. So, uh, you know, obviously there's so many other things that we could, we could do, um, especially with spreading, uh, spreading the word. Um, but with this opportunity, you know, opportunity only comes, you know, every once in a while, you know, and it's a matter of are we going to take advantage of it or uh, are we going to complain during it like we normally would? And I think with the church today, you know, like you guys mentioned, there's so much that we could be doing right now. Um, we can light a fire underneath ourselves individually um, and with the church um, so that we can actually do something amazing. It could be another Reformation movement, to be honest, um, moving forward. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of the closing things I had. You guys had anything else before we uh, get ready to sign off here? I think the biggest thing is just, um, and we kind of t- talked about it earlier about the opportunity of, uh, and we read the pa- passage in Second Corinthians there about, you know, helping others, you know, if whether out of your abundance, so that you know maybe they can help you uh, in theirs. Um, I think it's the idea. This is something you know we kind of talked about this before, but, and, you know, we we think about the unity that uh, this has kind of brought on or, or has the potential to bring on at least. Um, we think about this idea of, you know, tragedy, and maybe this isn't necessarily a tragedy yet, but it certainly as you, I like the word you said earlier, you know, distress, it's something that's not normal, but this is something that affects everybody. And there's not really something else in our lifetime, at least. The only thing I can think that kind of compares, at least in that sense, is maybe about 9-11. And, you know, mm. and obviously there are two different things and, you know, and they're not related, in, but they're related in the sense that they affected everybody to some extent. And I think that's one thing we have to think about with this is that, and that's why I think this kind of tragedy or this distress really brings people together because everyone finds that common ground that we don't make the effort to find normally. You know, we have our groups, we have our routines and everything. And we just want to go about doing that. But now we all have, you know, common ground and we're forced in some ways now to, to bear one another's burdens. Um, and that's why I think of Ephesians chapter four, uh, verses one through three, you know, talking about, um, you know, bearing with one another in love, 
you know, endeavoring uh, to keep the unity of the spirit. So it all starts with, with bearing one another and loving one another um, to try, because we're all in this together. And, you know, obviously, especially us as Christians, but it's our responsibility to make sure um, as many people in the world becomes Christian so that we're all truly uh, in this together. So that's just the only thing I have uh, at the last of this is just to keep in mind that, um, you know, we're, we're not in this alone, obviously, um, but we're all going through the same thing, at least to some extent. Um, it affects other people, you know, far worse than it's affected us, you know, so far, at least Lord willing, um, that we won't have it any worse than we do. Um, but certainly um, it affects everybody to some extent. So we can certainly have that common ground um, to talk with other people um, about it and, and through this situation. Yeah, no, Jordan, you, you'd mentioned, um, you know, we would talk about, you go back to the book of Acts and you talk about how whenever the church faced issues and persecutions, the church always uh, grew from it and expanded from it and it, good things happened because of that. And we talked about how the church sometimes can become, and I say the church, we talk about our congregations individually, some of the things become stagnant and get in a rut. Um, and I heard a, a wise man once say, he said, don't meet the status quo, but rather make the status grow. And that, and that, that's laid upon us as individuals, as Christians, as people who are part of the church. It's, it's our job to continue the church, to grow the church, to make it, to make it um, not better, but to, but to, you know, meet these opportunities and to expand and to evangelize. And so that's an opportunity that's laid on us, um, yeah. not only now, but in all, every time in our everyday lives. And so, you know, these opportunities are here before us. Let's, let's take advantage of them. Let's not let these, let these times pass by because who knows, the good that that'll come of these things, you know, maybe not now, but later on, people yeah. might think 10, 15 years from now, Hey, do you remember when that pandemic hit? And do you remember, you know, the people, the, the, the part of the church of Christ, how good they were to us, how they helped us, uh, how calm they were because they trusted in God through these, through these times. So, you know, what a lasting effect we can have on people when we take advantage of the opportunities that are before us, but we have to be, we have to be people who are going to be willing to go after those opportunities um, and to take advantage of those and not let them pass us by. Yeah, and I hope we all kind of take advantage of what we have in front of us, um, just because it's it's only going to be here. You know, we don't know how long, but, you know, we need to take advantage of what's in front of us now. Um, and so I hope that you all have been encouraged. I hope you all are continuing to stay safe. Um, you know, again, we're, we're praying for you all. Uh, hopefully you're praying for us. Um, and Lord willing, I can't wait until um, all of us can be uh, together in the assembly uh, uh, once again. So, again, we'd like to thank you guys for – uh, being on the podcast, you know, the, the OG squad, you know, Caleb and Ben, appreciate you guys. Always good to talk Thank to you guys. And this isn't going to be the last time. So they'll make some, uh, some more appearances uh, later on, maybe, maybe more during this, uh, <laughs> this quarantine. So we'll, we'll figure something out, but we're, we're glad that we can uh, get on and, and, and speak about the scripture. Uh, again, if you guys have any questions or anything, you can make sure that uh, you can DM me. Um, I'll have Caleb and Ben's, uh, information on my social media so you'll see them tagged you can click it you can find their uh, their pages as well and I know that uh, they're willing to uh, answer any questions or anything that you have for them again we thank you guys for listening um, Lord willing we should be back hopefully uh, next week or in the next couple weeks with another podcast again subscribe on YouTube uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast and Lord willing we will see you all next time thanks guys